0: The future of photography. Hey Chris, how you doing?
1: Um, good as always. How are you? Good
0: Yeah, good, thank you. Good. And uh, trying to uh, do some myth busting today, I think. You in a mood for some myth busting?
1: Yay, of
0: course I am. <laughs> uh yeah, so uh, this is uh, well is this gonna be science? Is it gonna be pseudoscience? I don't know, but let, let, <laughs> let let's let us let let's see where let's see where it takes us. Um, and uh, so so first of all, um, I think uh, let, let's, there, there's a phrase that I'd like to discuss today uh, that pops up a lot. And it's, it, the usage of it has increased enormously in the last two years or so. And that phrase is colour
1: science. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> right
0: it yeah so uh and and often uh the, the the phrase color science is is um used in the same sentence as the word cinematic mm-hmm. <laughs> so True. uh you know there's a lot of stuff out there on on youtube and and elsewhere at the moment that is you know how to make your photos or how to make your footage uh more cinematic and and yeah and whose color science is best and all of this sort of stuff. So I thought, do you know what? I'd like to try and dig into that a little bit, un- unbundle it a little bit, and 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 think about what we really mean by that. And of course, what does it mean for the future of photography?
1: I would be happy to take this apart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. Okay. So so first first of all, right, uh, I I just just a bit of a disclaimer. At no point in this conversation am I trying to undermine the work of actual scientists.
1: Right? Oh, there there are colleagues scientists out there that's a given and they do an important job yes
0: they they do and and um i've i've tried to study some some color theory um what tried once or twice over the years um i I, i'm not great at it actually um yeah I, i quite quickly start to get a little bit lost um i can just about uh you know, I can just about appreciate the difference between an RGB model and an HSL model and, and you know, I, I, things like that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not great at it, so I might get some stuff wrong today. But the point is, is actually I think there's a lot of people out there on the Internet that are using or, or maybe abusing uh, the term color science. Um, and so, you know, uh, let's let's see where we get. Let's see where we get to. Let's see where we get to.
1: <laughs> Let's see where we get to. My my background in terms of color science is also not a scientific one, but just from from using color management, from printing, from um, using color spaces and using different cameras and matching them. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from in this in this topic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think I'd like to keep it there, keep it on the pragmatic level. Of what oh yeah, should sure. Mean for us as photographers. Yeah, um, I, I've long had. Just by way of another example, I've long had. Uh, a challenge uh, a psychological challenge i think with, with the term high dynamic range because for for most of the history of of the term high dynamic range uh, what it seems to have to me mean, meant to me is that actually you squish the information into a smaller dynamic space such that you can view it properly
1: <laughs> which which ex- exactly which it exactly is it is taking taking the dynamic range of a scene and squeezing it into whatever dynamic range your output medium has be it a piece of paper or a screen or yeah. and so on and 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 it's also being used in a very uh, not even a correct way because high dynamic range is is the original file that you create and uh the the process of squeezing it into the output color space or dynamic space is uh is tone mapping so we we kind of throwing things together that shouldn't be together initially
0: yeah exa- exactly although it's <laughs> worth saying that actually I, you know, as we record this you know uh, coming towards the middle of 2019 um the the technology for genuinely high dynamic range capture and presentation uh, or capture management and presentation is actually starting to mature things are coming True. through now you know where where we are getting uh, cameras with sensors that you know that the, the can capture a far greater dynamic range of information, uh, and there are tools coming through the post production workflow and and into presentation, especially um, in uh, in cinemas
1: uh, oh and, and the whole the whole output space in televisions in OLED screens and so on those all lend themselves to presenting high dynamic range in uh, without it being too squashed yes
0: they do they do indeed so 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 that yeah that that's a bit of a tangent i suppose because we're here to talk about color today but but you know just uh it, it, i guess in some ways it's all linked together um and certainly the the term high dynamic range has suffered from the same i think abuse as color science but <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay so let, let so um you know from a from a practical view what does, what does color science actually mean to us um you know bro- broadly speaking uh, broadly speaking, it is the the process by which the device you use to capture light uh, turns that into uh, a range of colors. Yeah. yeah. And, and what it chooses to do with the information it captures or what it's manufacturers you know, designers algorithms to turn that raw capture into an image that we eventually see. Um, and and how it converts that into particular color and luminance values. Um, now this is uh, it, it can quite quickly get a lot more uh, a lot more complex than that. So let me give you an example. Right, um, we hear a lot these days about um, you know the color science of a particular brand of camera rendering delightful skin tones. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what what slightly rubs me the wrong way when I hear that.
0: <laughs> well speaking of somebody who already has delightful skin tone yeah i'm all right with that
1: but you <laughs> <laughs> have a british skin tone <laughs> yeah no actually uh, so, actually, not too much on the pale side so go on
0: yeah yeah so uh, so what, what do we so so what does what does that mean actually what 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 does this the the color science do well uh, often what that means is that your camera um, when it records reds and yellows um, it, it pushes those a little towards uh, slightly different colours, o- often towards orange, um, and and that has the the, the effect of, of changing our perception of the skin tone. So you know uh, you know, think red and yellow are, are somewhat unnatural skin tones you know proper red and proper yellow are somewhat unnatural skin tones where you know for uh, and that will then trigger a reaction in in the human brain that perhaps all is not well right so you
1: know so um especially especially if if you add in a bit of green uh, yeah yeah
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So actually just a a manipulation of those colours from where they're captured to towards um, towards a a different space um, actually allows our brains to perceive the skin tones as as more aesthetically pleasing. Right. So so there's a real world example of what what actually colour science, as it's called, uh, is doing. Um, yeah, and to, to broaden that out and you know, to say, actually, you know, so what, what you've got there is that there's an algorithm inside your camera or, or inside your your computer. If you're you're processing raw data uh, that will take the data and uh, it will it will shift uh, some some colors slightly. It will shift some some tone and some luminance levels to present something that is aesthetically pleasing. And that, in a nutshell, is what, what it means, <laughs> or at least that's what is meant by the misuse of the term colour science. I mean, so the, the, it,
1: I, see, I see colour science often being used just uh, meaning how it looks, pretty much. Yes. So people say, oh, those cameras have a great colour science, which means I like the look of what comes out of it.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes, actually, to to an article and a YouTube video uh, that's inspired this show today, Um, you know, which actually explain more about this in, in, in some slightly more technical detail um and uh you know actually listeners go go and go and have a look at that article and and the youtube video they're they're not it's not a long read or a long watch um uh, and it'll provide a a little bit more background to this Um, i'm going to try and take that conversation a bit further because of course we like to ask what does it mean for us and for the future of photography um but but some of the background is in there um you know and 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 so you know here we get to a point where we think, well, what what is it that is, you know, uh, aesthetically pleasing? Um, and often, historically, it's been getting digital to try and recreate the look of film.
1: <laughs> Very often true, yes. Um, especially as, I mean, at least those in our age bracket have all grown up with film. We are kind of used to the look. And for those who are younger, film might be this new aesthetic that they that they don't really get out or they, they didn't used to get out of their uh, Pockets, pocket cameras, smartphones, and so on. Um, but yeah, I want to emphasize that what is called color science is pretty much just the way what the sensor out- outputs is translated into the visible image. It's a translation process. It's um, it's a lookup table, pretty much.
0: <laughs> it, is, it is. Right?
1: You, you have you have a table, and it says, if this input value, if if the sensor sees this kind of green, turn it into that kind of green. So... It's it's a yeah a lookup table that in the end there are a bunch of lookup tables and by by changing uh, the the image style in your camera from let's say landscape to portrait you are swapping out that lookup table for one that is more suited for portraits so that's I think what what. But it basically boils down to, of course, with uh, no offense to color scientists, of course, there's color spaces and all that kind of stuff, the technical parts. But I think that's pretty much what it boils down to. So it's a very simple thing in the end.
0: Yeah, it, it is, and and actually, we we all have uh, the power uh, to 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 use these ourselves. You know, so so I mean, you use the term lookup table uh, mm-hmm. or, or LUT um for for some of us who focus really entirely on photography the the term lut is, is lesser used it's it's something that comes from the the, the moving image space um but even if you think in some something as simple as a preset that could be a preset in, in lightroom or whatever your photo editing tool is of choice um it could be an instagram filter
1: right <laughs> totally totally
0: you know it an instagram filter is applying just as much color science. <laughs> Uh, as, as anything else that people talk about. Well, but now, then, so, sorry, go. On.
1: But but then there are also there are also necessities to use uh, these. For example, for camera matching in film, this is very normal that you shoot the same. Let's say you you're shooting a Hollywood blockbuster, and you have all these cameras, and then you have a few uh, tiny ones in the glove box of a car that's gonna fall over a cliff. You know, the, the different kinds of points of view require different cameras, but in the end, they all have to. Kind of look the same, so they all have to work together. So that's another place where color science comes in. Again, lookup tables. It is translating the look from one camera to to the other, at least in terms of the colors and uh, and the dynamic range. Yeah, so, ab- absolutely.
0: So absolutely. in in
1: in photography, I had this with Monica when uh, we did a project together, um, and I shot my pictures with uh, Canon, and she shot hers with Nikon, and. <laughs> Well, we ended, up, we ended up matching the cameras in the post-production so that they looked as similar as possible. And in the end, it was just by, by way of um, what we applied to them in, in terms of post-processing, in terms of uh, color corrections and so on, uh, we made them look the same. It was virtually impossible to distinguish those two cameras. Yeah, that,
0: that, that's a good effort. I I, I once had a uh, a job to do for some friends. Some friends of mine got married, and they didn't ask me to do the photography, but they'd had half their wedding shot on film and half on digital. <laughs> yeah, and and so I I picked up the task of making those look similar. So I had to manipulate the the digital files uh, to to match the film scans mm-hmm. um and again you know actually uh reasonably successfully certainly from the point of view of uh, of somebody who, who was rece- consuming that imagery rather than building it i mean you know if you're there sitting in front of the computer for hours yes of course you can see the differences but actually you, you can get it close enough so that most people wouldn't notice the difference um relatively easily so it's uh, yeah it's it so so well Let's think about this. So, what does what does all of this mean then? (laughs) Because yeah, as I say, this 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 show is inspired by some stuff that that I I researched, and I do want to take it a bit further. So, what does this mean for the future of photography? What does it mean for for all all of us? So, first of all, this is the myth busting bit. Um, It means that actually, all of this stuff that those YouTube influencers and what have you talk about color science. Actually, every single one of us listening to this podcast right now has all of those tools today. That they need to become color scientists. We're all color scientists, yay! <laughs> Not actual, real color scientists, obviously, <laughs> but yeah, but but it's difficult to do air quotes on a podcast.
1: <laughs> we, we we play color scientists on a podcast. That's what what we do.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, uh, and so yeah, the, the, so actually, that's a good thing, right? Um, Because that means that we don't need to be. Uh, we don't need to be unduly swayed into making, you know, four figure purchases <laughs> by somebody using the term color science, um, you know, just because you know, it means that we don't need to we don't need to worry about uh, whether next week company X is going to come up with a new improved color science that's going to beat company Y, who are this week's
1: best color science producer. It does sound um, very important, though, right? well color science i mean if 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 i'm a doctor i i will wear uh, the, the doctor's white uh, white uh, thing <laughs> to to look like a doctor and not uh, any different because it convinces people right so color science sounds very important and very yeah well
0: so, so so there there are ways in which it can can be very useful to us as photographers right so yeah because of course not everybody wants to spend a lot of time processing raw photos true um and if you're into video a very few of us today have the opportunity to shoot in raw also true yeah uh, and if you even if you do have the opportunity to shoot in raw very few of us have the computers to be able to process it afterwards <laughs> Um, so, you know, the, the, where, where does where does the manufacturer's application uh, of color uh, become really useful to us? Well, actually, if you are going to have in any way, take the pre-processed images now in ca- yeah, for, for stills, clearly that's often JPEG. Um, uh, and for those of you who, who like to shoot JPEG um, or for some reason, um, you know, simply just don't like to do the post-production side of things so much, uh, if that's not your area of interest um then actually that can be really useful um and and for video it's well i mean they have can video cameras accessible to, to most of us are uh, are getting to the point now where you can shoot in in in, in at least uh, a log format uh, and then you can use a, a lut to correct that to something that is a little bit more visible and you can use the lut as a preset starting point and work from there to do your color grading
1: and that um, and that log format is somewhere in in the middle of the of the non-raw photo or non-raw video in the video right
0: like, yes, is it? Yes, the the log format kind of being been designed to to in kind of thing. Yes, produce it so that it it is more flexible for for applying your own um, color science.
1: Or or in plain English, they look really dull and without contrast, without any processing
0: yes yes <laughs> absolutely um and so uh so so and and you would use that if your objective yeah, you know, if, if your workflow included color grading but uh, uh, yeah, because you wanted to be able to do that and you want to get the the best options in post-production as, as you'd like to uh as you can sorry so so actually yeah the 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 manufacturer's color science actually um is uh is it, it, quite it could, could be quite useful to us could be quite important to us um you know in fact i think it is uh it, it's it's the video link in the show notes um where where the chap who has the amazing name of rubidium woo what a what? great name that is
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's an amazing name
0: <laughs> it is an amazing name um but where so so where he has de- described a little bit of the history of this actually and he said for for many years um the camera manufacturer Red um produced um as accurate a color view as they could from their from their cameras and it's only recently that they have switched to providing a a second option uh which is much more based around aesthetic rather than accuracy Um, i think he goes on to say that actually uh, sony is another company uh where where uh, actually the accuracy of color um, it is prioritised over the aesthetic, uh, whereas uh, I shoot Fuji, uh, as we've spoken about often before, uh, and often Fuji are quoted as a as a manufacturer who have great colour science, especially for portraiture, um, uh, and actually um, it it is. Um, I, I find often that I can get away with the JPEGs if I have the camera, if I have the JPEG settings right on the camera,
1: and um, if you I have the actually... right white balance and the right exposure. So a few of those technical things, when they come together, you will end up with a shot that you won't have to post process anymore. Oh, absolutely, it comes out and the way it, it, you want it to. That's a
0: really good point. And do you know what, where that really comes, you know, uh, really comes into its own is when you're using an electronic viewfinder on your camera. Now, I, I have mindset unless I'm using, um, you know, doing flash photography where where the light on the exposure is different from what you see before the exposure. I always have my viewfinder set to reflect both the white balance and the exposure of my image. So I so you know, I can set my camera up so that when I look through that viewfinder I'm seeing a pretty close approximation of what my image is actually going to look like. Um, uh, and, uh, you yeah, so I can check that the white balance, uh, I mean, I, 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 habitually shoot in auto white balance, but I can check and I, and sometimes I do go back and change it, um, that, that it's going to come out uh, as something close to what I'd like it to be in the fullness of time. Uh, and certainly, um, when I'm using, um, uh, when I'm using the spot metering mode in my camera at that point you know, the, these things work together really well. So let's say that I've got a very contrasty, you know, you know noontime outdoor photograph, and I want to make sure I'm capturing, uh, my subject is in the sunny part of that image. So I will set my camera to spot metering mode, and I will meter just for for the subject, and I will let the shadows just fall away to wherever they need to be. But out of that, if I've set that in my viewfinder and I've got that exposure and I've got my white balance roughly right, uh, at that point, the the manufacturer color science really works in my favor. uh, Because at that point, my camera is doing all the post-production work at the moment to capture.
1: And and the one good example that I recently had where... Where it showed that that it's not really that dependent on the camera and the manufacturer was a workshop that we did here on tabletop photography. So we did product photography. And uh, we initially, first first couple of hours, um, we always spend on these workshops to get everyone on the same page when it comes to good colors, good exposure, and getting that really spot on using a gray card, not even a color checker kind of thing, but just a gray card and get everyone on that same page. And the results were all within just like tiny, tiny variations between each other. Like stuff stuff you couldn't really tell if you didn't know what cameras it was taken with. And we are talking cameras from at least five different manufacturers being yeah, used that's, there.
0: that's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that's really interesting. So what have we learned, right? <laughs> let's let's try and wrap this up. What have we learned? Um, first of all, I, I think there's probably three things for me first of all is that color science is is not a phrase to be afraid of um and it's not a phrase that necessarily should sway our purchases right because don't be
1: it, wooed by color science
0: <laughs> indeed yes Se- secondly um in that, in that definition as it's you know the the in the vernacular we are all color scientists right and this is what we live and breathe all the time um, uh, and uh, so it, it's not something new. Although the phrases has risen in popularity very, uh, a lot recently, it's not something new. Um, uh, and we all have the tools. And I think thirdly, um, use it in your favour. Right? We can use these tools and all the options we have in our cameras, you know, to to uh, to, to to reduce the effort that we need to make to get the images that we're seeking. And not to undermine the art of creating images, uh, actually, it's in support of the art. It gives us more brain space to, to to focus on the art, to focus on on the composition, perhaps, or whatever. If we don't have to worry about these things, uh, and maybe we can be out shooting more if we don't have to spend so much time in front of our computers doing the post processing. <laughs> Very true.
1: <laughs> so, so for me, uh, for me, it boils down to, and especially the experience on that workshop. Uh, get the basics right, get the exposure and the white balance right, and you won't have to worry about what brand you're shooting with and what color science they claim to have.
0: Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I the, think that's all <laughs> I
1: have to say about that. <laughs> well, I think we, we could leave it at that. Color science, don't be wooed by that term too much. Um, this was episode 80 of The Future of Photography. I have one last thing. Um, I just wanted to point you towards our casting for a co-host. We're still um, accepting your audition tapes for that uh, again we're looking for a fresh perspective for someone with curiosity maybe someone who yeah wouldn't be wouldn't be too worried uh, spending a weekly recording with the two of us <laughs> and, <laughs>
0: hopefully somebody would find that interesting and and be enthusiastic about it exactly there's a link in the link in the show notes to the page on our website which has got all all of the instructions about how to please don't actually send a tape (laughs) just just (laughs) well
1: it'll it'll end up here i think no i don't think i can actually handle a tape now
0: uh, i certainly wouldn't be able to handle a tape these days but but there's some instructions on the web page about how to send us uh, a, a, an entry if you'd like us to, to to consider for to be considered for, for joining the future of photography team and we'd love to hear from you
1: i think if you send a tape that would probably almost guarantee you to be excluded from from this whole thing <laughs> <laughs> all right that was it episode 80 we'll be back in a week with more until then everyone take care bye